How about I preach to you for just a few minutes? Would that be okay? I don't plan on taking too much time, but you know if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. Turn with me, if you got your Bible, to Luke, the 15th chapter. If you didn't bring a Bible, uh, that's okay. They'll, they'll put it up on the screen for us. And I'm not planning on going to, into an in-depth Bible lesson, but I'm stirred up about a, a passage of Scripture here. This is our celebration Sunday. What does it mean to celebrate? I looked it up so I'd be sure I knew. <laughs> Celebrate, here's the dictionary uh, rendering, says to, uh, to observe a day to commemorate an event with ceremonies or festivities and to have or participate in a party. <laughs> well, we, we got a big one. Don't we? That's what this is, one big party. How many think that uh, Christians ought to show the world how to party? Yeah. You should. You know, I saw Phyllis and I some years ago, we were driving through a place and a bunch of people came through and you could tell they were about drunk and they were hollering, they were carrying on and cussing and doing this and, and they were racing their car and driving crazy and hollering at each other. And, and I, uh, I told Phyllis, I said, you know, bless their hearts. They'll tear up their car, they'll mess up their relationships, they'll damage their body and waste all their money, and they still won't have fun. When it's all said and done, when it's over, when they're hugging the toilet in the morning or whenever it is, you know, that is not fun. And you've messed up your relationships and you tore up your car and you threw all your money away, that's not fun. The devil does not know how to have fun. He knows how to kill you many different ways. But how many believe Christians ought to show the world how to really have fun and really enjoy life safe, clean, good? Do you believe it? Well, you can practice today. Uh, And another definition to celebrate is to make known publicly. To proclaim and to praise widely. We want the whole town to know what God has done for us. We want the whole state to know. This is going worldwide on the internet. We want anybody anywhere in China, South Africa, South America to know that the Lord has done great things for us. Whereof we are glad. And how many think you, the Lord does good things for you? You ought not hide it under a bushel. You ought not keep it a secret. You ought to tell it, proclaim it widely, publish it. I want you to notice something in this 15th chapter of Luke, please. Luke 15, and beginning about verse uh, 3. Jesus spoke this parable to them, and he said... What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after the one, go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he has found it, 
He lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. Everybody say rejoicing. Rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors and he says to them, Rejoice with me. You know what's, uh, rejoicing is good. You know what's even better? Getting a bunch of folks to rejoice with you. (laughs) He said, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. Somebody say, Thank you, Lord. I have found my sheep which was lost. Verse 7 I say to you that likewise, in the same way, shall. Joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repents more than over ninety and nine just persons that need no repentance. Do you believe that heaven is a rejoicing place? Do you believe that God is a good God and a rejoicing God and salvation is a rejoicing salvation? And You know, it's sad that there's a lot of people that are not Christians because they have relatives that are. Relatives and co-workers and friends, and they think, hey, if being a Christian is like is being like Uncle Charlie, or being Aunt Mildred, or being like Bob, or Joe, or Sue that I work with, or my sister, I don't know, thank you. No, why? Because they're always sad, always grumpy, always upset, and judging about something, and the only thing they say about God is, that's a sin, and this is a sin, and you're going to get yours, and, and you're going to go to hell. And go, well, that's not good news. And who wants to be around somebody who rains on your parade all the time? Every time you see them, they just want to come down on you like a ton of bricks. Well, no, no, no. The gospel is not bad news. The gospel is good news. We shouldn't start out telling people bad news. We should begin by telling them the good news. What's the good news? The good news is Jesus has already paid for all of your sins. All the judgment and punishment that you ever deserved has already fallen on him. You don't have to be punished. You don't have to go to hell. You can go to heaven. You can be saved. You can be clean. You can be right. All you got to do is receive what he's done for you. Just believe it, receive it, and be saved. That's good news. He'll love you. He'll save you. He'll heal your body. He'll pay your bills. He'll heal your babies. He'll put your marriage back together. He'll get you the best job you ever had. Come on, are you listening? He is a good, good God. And the gospel is good, good news. Now, if they say, I don't believe all that, then we got bad news for you. <laughs> you will, without Him, you will perish. And you, and you can go to hell without Him. You will. But, that, but don't give them the bad news first. Give them the good news. And if they'll receive that, then there's no bad news for them. Just, just good news. He said the man rejoices. He said it's the same way in heaven that there is rejoicing. Verse 7. Joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repents more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Did you know we need to be positive, not negative? You know, if there's uh, 40 people in a place and there's an altar call and three of them come and get saved and 37 of them leave lost, it doesn't say the angels weep over the 37 that left lost. They will rejoice over the three that got saved. That's being positive. 
You can find something to be sad and down about any day of your life if you choose to. But if you choose to, you can also find something to be thankful for. And that choice makes all the difference in what kind of person you are and what kind of life you have. You can gripe and be upset about what you don't know, what you don't have, what you can't do, and you can find something every day. No matter how much is going right, you can always find something that could be better or that's not quite right. You can always focus on that. And if you do, you won't be any fun to be around. You'll be sad. You'll always find something negative to complain. And And the problem is the world is so full of this that people don't even notice when you complain. But... How many are glad that no matter what else is coming short or, or not quite what it could be, man, you're saved. Your name's in the last book of life. They're working on your mansion in heaven right now. Come on, and, and even if you got a finger that's not working good, that's not feeling good or hurting, don't forget, you got nine that are just fine. Come on, now you could be thankful for them. And while you're being thankful for them, it sets you in a different path. It, it sets your mind in a different place, and you're open to receive more, and you just have a better life, and you'll have more friends, and you'll have more fun. Do you believe it? They rejoice over the one. And verse 8, he goes on to say, Either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose uh, a piece... She, does she not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it? And when she's found it, she calls her friends and her neighbors together. She says what? Rejoice. What does she say? Rejoice. rejoice with me. Let's rejoice together because I have found the peace which I lost. He says, the Lord said, I want you to know likewise there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repents. Do you hear this phrase, joy, rejoice, rejoice with me. And he said, a certain man had two sons. All this flows together. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And he divided unto them his living. He gave it to him. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, and he took his journey into a far country, and there he wasted his substance with riotous living. What did he want to do? He wanted to party. He wanted to have fun, didn't he? And, of course, to party properly, you need money. Huh? (laughs) Right? And so, Daddy had money. Daddy had, has farms and has businesses and he's successful. And so the boys understand that they're in daddy's will and they're going to get money. But, but baby boy says, you know, why can't I have mine now? Why do I have to wait? And the father didn't say, boy, don't you bring that up to me again. You'll get yours in, in, in due time when, when I finally kick the bucket, but not one day before. So don't be, no, no. He said, you want yours? Yeah, yeah. So he gave it to him. He said, well, I'll make the transfer tomorrow. So the money was in his account. When the money hit his account, he went straight to the dealership. He got the fast car. Come on, he got the good clothes. He got the big jewelry. And he went to Vegas. (laughs) Come on, are you listening? (laughs) He chartered a plane. He flew to Atlantic City. And then he flew to Rio. 
And he partied. I mean, he did it all. And he had friends. Oh, he had people that would party with him. He had buddies. He had girls. He had drugs. He had booze. He partied. Until the money ran out. (laughs) And then the money was gone. And the buddies were gone. And the girls were gone. And where's his friends? And nobody answered his calls. And he couldn't stay. This one wouldn't let him stay with them. And that one wouldn't let him stay with him. So how much fun is he really having now? Are you with me, friends? And so he wasted. Somebody say wasted. Can you waste your time? Can you waste your days? Can you waste your affections and waste your money and waste your stuff on people in situations that don't care about you? And they're not going to matter tomorrow. He did. He wasted. And when he spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land. Wouldn't you know it? Just about time he runs out of money, there's a financial crisis happening in the country. And he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. Now, that's about as low as a Jewish boy can go. (laughs) Feeding pigs. And look how low he is. Verse 16, he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. All he wanted to do is have some fun. But how I many know there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end of it's death and destruction? There's something in all of us that wants to party. <laughs> and here's a news flash that's not wrong. There's a right way to party, and there's a wrong way to party. And see, here's where the church has gotten it wrong. They have tried to preach the party out of everybody. (laughs) And get them delivered from wanting to party. (laughs) And it's never going to (laughs) work. And we're not supposed to get people delivered from partying. They need to be delivered from sin. Not the same thing. There's a good party, and there's a bad party. And the young boy, he chose the bad party, and now it is caught up with him. Think about how low he is. I mean, he's a high roller for a little while. He burned bright for a while. Now he's feeding the pigs, and he's so low, he's so hungry. He's looking in there in the pig trough thinking, you know, that's a good corn cob right there. (laughs) <laughs> hey, somebody left half a corn, corn cob there. I could just reach in there and get that. Somebody say low. low. Sin will bring you low. Rebellion and unhooking from those that you're supposed to be with and unhooking from God and, and running away from God and, and trying to party with the, the wrong crowd, it'll bring you low. 
Do you believe it? Yes. It'll strip you of everything you got. It'll, it'll lay you bare and lay you low. But baby boy remembered something. Standing there with the pigs, looking at the half good corn cob. He remembered something. Anybody know what he remembered? Come on, can you? Come on. He, he's standing there on the bottom. How many know that even if you're on the bottom, you've messed up everything? You lost everything. I mean, you have, you have ruined yourself. There's still hope. Do you believe it? No matter how far down you go, there is still hope. He came to himself. And they said, what happened to them? Did you hear? They just went off the deep end. Did you hear? They left their wife. They left their husband. They left their family. They quit their job. They went over here. They, I saw them running around with this bunch of doing drugs, drunk. I saw them this. I saw them that. What happened to them? Well, you can be lost. You can lose yourself. You can lose your way. It's entirely your fault. Are you with me now? But even though you lose yourself and hit rock bottom, you can find and come to yourself. By the grace of God, He's standing there. How many can see sin will deceive you? Won't it? See, he, he believed he could have fun and have a good life leaving mom and daddy, leaving church, leaving God, and just go out here and party. And that would make him happy. Enough money, enough stuff, enough drugs, enough sex. That's what he thought would make him happy. But he's seen it all. He's had it all. He's done it all. He's lost it all. And he sees this is not what it was advertised to be. How many know the devil's a liar? You talk about false advertising? Oh, man. And he's sitting there, standing there, and he came to himself. He said, wait a minute. What have I done? How many of my hired servants of my father's eat good? I know the guys that work for my dad. They eat roast beef and chicken dumplings. And I'm staring at a corn cob in the pig trough. Something's wrong with this picture. My father's they have bread enough and to spare, and I'm perishing here with hunger. <coughs> I will arise. I'm going to get up out of here. I'm going to go to my father. I'm going to say, Father, I messed up. I was a fool. I sinned against heaven and before you. I'm going to tell him, I'm no longer worthy. To be called your son. Just make me one of your hired servants. I want you to know something, friend. This is something that he, he didn't forget. Even at his lowest point, it came to him with ringing clarity. And you need to never forget. There is always food in Father's house. Somebody say, there's always food. In Father's house. So for those that will cling to Him and believe Him and live for Him and serve Him, you will not go hungry. Glory to 
Your kids will not go hungry. Come on, your grandkids will not go hungry. Your bills will get paid. So I don't know about that. I do. David said, I, I, I was young one time and now I'm old and there's something I ain't never seen. I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. There is always food in Father's house. Always. Always food. And so, verse 20, he arose and he came to his father. <coughs> Excuse me. When he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. And he didn't say, I wondered when that sorry boy would come dragging in. Wonder if he's learned his lesson. Mm-mm. He saw him. This is, this is a revelation of God the Father himself. And he had compassion. And he ran. He didn't wait for him to get to him. He ran out to him and fell on his neck and kissed him. That means he grabbed him. Kind of half fell on him. Grabbed him. Kissed him. Dirty pig stink and all. Remember, he just come fresh from the pig pen. Grabbed him. Kissed him. Hugged him. Why? Love was moving him to do so. Verse 21. And the son said, Father... He said what he's been rehearsing all the way there. He said, I have sinned. I have sinned. How many understand? This is the first step to breakthrough in your life. That you come to God and you say, I have sinned. I have run from you. I have ignored you. I have rejected you. I've acted stupid. I have sinned. This is the step that opens heaven to you, my friends. I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no more worthy to be called your son. He said, uh, you know, he's going to go on to say, you know, would you just make me one of your hired hands? I know I don't deserve, after everything I've done, everything I've been, I don't deserve to be in your house. I don't deserve to sit at your table. Could you just make me an employee of the company so I can eat, so I I can have a place to stay? But he never got a chance to say that. He never got a chance to say the rest of his little speech because the father said to the servants, bring the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead. He's alive again. He was lost. He's found. And they began to party. What did the boy want to do? What did he want to do? He wanted to have fun. He wanted to party. So he did it the devil's way. He did it the world's way. He did it the disconnected, apart from God way. And you know what he found? He found lack. He found sorrow. He found pain. Didn't he? But he came to himself at the pig trough. You know, there's a lot of folk have come to themselves in the gutter. Come to themselves in the bathroom. Come to themselves in the bathroom. 
bad way, bad place. And the father ran to him, hugged him. There's always food in father's house. You know what else there's always? There's always forgiveness in father's house. Say that loud. There's always. always forgiveness. I don't care how far away you got. I don't care how low you've been. I don't care how mean you've been, how cruel, how stupid you've been. There's always forgiveness. If you, if you hold up your heart and hand and say, I've sinned, I've messed up, there's always forgiveness for you. Don't let somebody tell you different. Well, yeah, but preacher, you don't know what I've been. Yeah, you don't know how powerful the blood of the Lamb is. You don't know how great the forgiveness and love of God is. Because it doesn't matter. If you're willing to repent, He will forgive you. Don't let anybody tell you differently. There's always forgiveness. You know what else there is in Father's house? Fine things. We got tents full of things out here today. How do we get them? God gave them to us. We wouldn't have had them to give if He hadn't given them to us. There's always fine things. So here's the music, here's the dancing, here's the, the, the roast uh, beef, here is the, the fine robe, here is. See, the boy didn't know it. He didn't have to run away from father to get all his stuff. What he was looking for, he's living right now. He's got the big ring. He's got the $10,000 suit. He's got the $5,000 shoes. Now see, you lose some people there. They go, uh, uh. Now, I just don't go for all that. I didn't make that up. I read that out of the Scripture. This didn't have to be in here. He didn't have to say, go get the expensive robe. Don't go get the big ring. Go get the nice shoes. Go, go, go get the best food. So the devil's lied to people and told them, if you really love God and serve God, you can't have anything nice. It's a lie. Faith five people, do you believe that's a lie? The Bible said He gives us richly all things to enjoy. Jesus said the thief is the one who comes to steal from you and destroy you and kill you. He said, I am come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. The Amplified says that you might have it to the full until it overflows. All the fine things in this life, all the good things in this life, it's not for people that reject God and rebel against God. It's not for the devil and his crowd. God did not give wisdom and craftsmanship. He didn't put the titanium and the gold and the silver and the platinum. He didn't give people ideas how to develop Mercedes and Lexus. He didn't give builders the ideas how to build nice houses for just for the devil and his crowd. All this wisdom, all this wealth put here. Just for people that forsake God? The devil has lied to people. He had, the church is convinced of lies. There are fine things in Father's house. There are nice clothes. There are nice rings. There are nice houses. There are nice shoes. And there's fun in Father's house. Say it out loud, there's always food, always food. In, father's in Father's house. There's always forgiveness, there's always forgiveness. In, father's in Father's house. There's fine things, fine things. In, father's house. in Father's house. 
What was the last one? Fun. There's fun. Fun. In Father. Music. Dancing. The elder son was in the field. He came and drew near to the house. He heard music and dance. How many know they got it cranked up when you can hear it before you ever get close to the house? He not only heard the music, he heard the dancing. Now, when you're hearing the dancing way out, you know, that's some serious clogging. <laughs> they hear the music. They hear the dancing. And he called one of the servants. He said, what is this? What's going on? What's all this noise I hear? And they said, your brother has come. And the father has killed a fatted calf because he received him safe and sound. And he was angry. Made him mad. Now this is the good boy. This is the boy that stayed in church. This is the boy that tithes. He reads his chapter every day. (laughs) He's at work on time. He don't cuss. He don't get drunk. He don't do drugs. He, He doesn't have affairs. He's good boy. Everybody say good boy. Good boy. But he's a miserable good boy. (laughs) He's an unhappy chap. And when he hears about baby boy, who was a drug addict, who was a a womanizer, whoremonger, he was every bad thing you could think of, he's back home. And daddy threw him a party? (laughs) Say what? (laughs) What? Made him mad. Made him mad. So he stays out there, won't come to the house, fuming, upset. And uh, he wouldn't come in, so his father came out. And again, this is revelation of the Father God. What kindness. The father leaves the party, comes out to the baby boy. Why? Because this is his good boy. He loves him. How many know he loves the good boy and he loves the bad boy? Yes, he does. Doesn't he? He loves them both. And he comes out to him. And he entreats him. And when he does, the boy wants to tell him something. He said, Lo, he's thought about this. These many years do I serve you. Neither transgress I at any time your commandment. I'm at church all the time. I pray. I tithe. I don't, I don't cuss. I don't use the Lord's name in vain. I don't sleep around. I don't do drugs. I've I always been here for you. You never gave me anything. You hear the bitterness in his voice. You never gave me a little goat, a little baby goat, that I could have a party with my friends. You never did. But as soon as this, your son, <clears throat> he ain't even going to claim it, which has devoured your living with harlots, you kill for him the fatted calf. See, this is representative of all the Christians, all the church-going people 
who are not having fun. And they are in the millions. Bitter. Angry. There are a bunch of angry preachers around. There's a bunch of angry people in the choir, angry people in the church. There's a bunch of angry Baptists, angry Methodists, angry Presbyterians, angry Catholics, angry Charismatics. They got a closet full of books and tapes. They've been to conferences and meetings. They can quote you scriptures right, front, back, and left and give you the Hebrew and Greek definitions for the words. They can give you five points of confession and nine principles of prosperity. and Huh? They can teach you about power in the name of Jesus. They can tell you about by His stripes. They can tell you about I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. But... They're unhappy. They're unhappy. They're bitter. And it doesn't always come out, but there's something gnawing on them. Why don't I have this? Why hadn't we seen this? Why can't I do this? What's this boy upset about? What he can't do, what he doesn't have, and what he didn't realize, he was deceived. And all of his bitterness and all of his anger was in vain. There was no reason for him to feel like this and be like, notice what the Father tells him. Next verse, can you read it? What did the Father tell him? Son, you are always with me. I know that. I know what you do for me. I know. And all that I have is your what do you mean? I never gave you anything. You go back and read. It said when the younger boy came and said, Father, give me the inheritance that's coming to me, the next verse says, He he divided unto them. Come on, did you see that? Back up in the verse and look at that. Verse twelve. When the younger boy said, Give me the portion of goods that falls to me, he divided unto him. No. Unto them. His living baby boy drew his out and went to Vegas. Older boy, church boy, good boy didn't touch his. He just got up and went to work. He got up and went to church. He got up and did what he was supposed to do. He kept the commandments. He was a good boy. He was a good husband. He was a good father. He was a good worker in the church. But day by day, week by week's going by, and he's getting resentful. Because he's not having fun. He doesn't have this, and he doesn't have that. And then, I mean, to, to, to top it all off, baby boy comes back home, broke, blew all the money, and the father puts on him that nice suit that he always admired, and that great big ring, and the, and the gold Rolex, and the alligator shoes. Put him on him, pig stink and all. And in his mind, he's thinking, this ain't right. This ain't right. And so, man, he's fit to be tied. And when the father comes out, he lets him know. He says, this ain't right. 
I've worked for you like that. I've been faithful and you never gave me anything. It's a lie. He had been deceived. He was believing a lie all this time. Because what did the father say? Boy, you're always with me. I know that. Everything I have, not I'm going to give to you, not you'll soon get one day. It is yours. It's been your. Come on, come on. Do you hear this saying? What is he saying? He said, boy, you could have been having a party every week. You could have been wearing robes. You could have been wearing rings. You could have been enjoying. Why didn't you partake? Why didn't you enjoy? Why didn't you rejoice? And he's not making apologies for what he's done for the baby boy. He said, it was meet, it was right that we should make merry and be glad for this your brother. He was dead. He was as good as gone. And now he's alive. He was lost. We didn't know where he was. But now he's found. He's here at the house. He's repenting. He loves God. We should have thrown him a party. Oh, friends, no matter how low you've been, you can come back. If you've been there and been faithful all the time and you've been bitter and confused, get over it. I said get over it and quit all this junk and moping around and all this depression and dragging around and get to having some fun. And today is the perfect day to start. Break out. Have fun. No, this is a cry-free, sigh-free zone today. We don't want to see nothing out of you but smiling and laughing and rejoicing and giving thanks and glory to God and helping somebody somewhere to do the same. I want you to say it out loud. There's always food in Father's house. There's always forgiveness in Father's house. There are fine things in Father's house. And it's fun. Fun in Father's house. Praise God. Stand on your feet, everybody. Stand on your feet. Singers, players, would you come? Oh, glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Phyllis, would you come up with me? Oh, thank you, Lord. Let's all lift up our hands.